Now, we're expecting another organic farm scheme to open soon. It was indicated it would happen by the end of the month. So many farmers are mulling over their options. Should they go organic? Should they not? It's a big decision. Dr Nicholas Lampkin is an agroeconomist and he's currently working with the Tune-In Institute, an advisory body to the German government, examining organic farming policy. Because, of course, Ireland's organic policies are part of a wider EU shift towards organic production. Irish farmers are not alone in facing these decisions. Um, Good morning, Nick. Good morning. And tell me now, we know the EU farm to fork policy sets a target of 25% of agricultural land under organic farming by 2030. Is this likely to happen? And how does Ireland compare to many of the other European countries? Yeah, it's it's, it's an ambitious target to get to 25%. Um, it involves a threefold increase in this decade. Um, but we've achieved twofold increases in the previous two decades. Um, so there is a there is a chance that we can get to it. Uh, member states have responded generally pretty well, and most member states or all member states now have a target for organic farming, um, which will get us close to twenty percent if they achieve that. So we're we're on the right ro- road to get there, but uh, it will still be quite challenging. And where uh, where are a, we? Where is Ireland? Yeah, well, Ireland is, um, I think, about 5% now. Right. Uh, having started at 2.5% at the beginning of the process. So it's already doubled uh, with all the people that have come on board in the last year uh, or last two years even. Um, and it's aiming for 10%. I, th- I think it's it's clear that is a very substantial increase in the context of Ireland. Um and the EU was never expecting that every country would achieve 25%. So I think the Irish example is actually quite impressive within within the overall framework. When I was on the farm walk there last week, um, a lot of the people were talking about the premium price for organics. And is that sustainable in the market? And we, uh, I know during COVID, organic prices were good, but they've started to fall you know, there's food, food security, inflation and all that. So how sustainable is that premium price? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a complex picture. If you look at the European level, the market has grown threefold every decade for the last two decades. And it's been fairly consistent in its growth. Um, but clearly, uh, the inflation pressures of the last year have had an impact. Uh, what What happened more was that conventional prices caught up with organic um, as a result of the Ukraine war starting. Um, But now conventional prices are falling back again. Um, Organic has been, in most countries, fairly stable. Um, So we've seen some decline in some countries, but other countries have seen continued growth in the last year in the context of inflation. The one thing I I would say is um, that the rate of growth in Ireland is very fast. And I think it's quite important that people who are converting are realistic about the market opportunities uh, in the short to medium term. I think there is long term potential, um, but we we had a similar experience when I was working in Wales uh, of a large number of farmers converting in a short period of time. And the result was that many, many of the new converters were selling their sheep and and beef, uh, lamb and beef 
at more or less conventional prices for a few years. And I think I think you you need to go in as far as the market's concerned with your eyes open. And I think particularly on the on the dairy sector, unless a new dairy processor comes on board because of the expansion, which is quite possible, um, then the dairy sector tends to be more controlled in terms of accepting new people into the marketplace. So it is it's something that people have to go in with their eyes open and be prepared to invest in developing new market opportunities as part of the conversion. And you, speaking of having their eyes wide open, it is a big decision to convert. Now, um, what would help them decide? Like, what can the government do? What can what can what can be offered them to make it an easier process? Well, I th- I th- um, the funding that is given for conversion and maintenance, I think, is is really helpful. It doesn't cover all the costs, so it can be seen as a process of risk sharing with the farmer. Um, clearly, talking to people and identifying market opportunities and building market opportunities with also with new other neighbouring farmers that are also converting at the same time, that's still possible. But I also think the the whole issue of get, being really well informed, getting advisory help from Chogask and so on, um, that, that I think is also really critical, that, that you you see the conversion as a learning process um, where you're learning from other farmers, learning from advisors, learning from going through the training courses that are available. Um, I think that's a that's a really important part of the process. Now, so kind of a one stop shop, really, is what you're saying. The one place you can go, you can get all this information, get the mentoring, uh, and, and and that would ap- absolutely help farmers. Yeah, I think I think we've had the experience in in Wales, and we had it in other countries that I've worked with. Um, that if you've got centres of excellence that are. <clears throat> are able to bring together marketing, advice, knowledge, training, all of those things together to make them really easily available and to make a strong focus on organic, uh, that can be really helpful. In the meantime, working with separate institutions, there needs to be a, a, a really good mechanism for getting those institutions like Board B and Chagas to, to collaborate together and really make uh, information readily available. And Nick, in in a nutshell, let's say, uh, you're working with TuneIn Institute in Germany and they have a more mature organic sector. What can we learn very briefly from them? Yeah, I think, um, well, Germany has a target of 30% of organic land, so it's higher than the EU target. Um, It's a more complex situation because it has... 16 different lender, um, all with their own agricultural policies. Um, but what they what they have done is is really focus on the information side. They've got a, a strong information portal for organic, a lot of consumer interaction, a lot of focus on public procurement, um, and a lot of focus on research. So they have a very big research budget for organic farming. Um, and I think those, you know, the, alongside what you might do on... With the farmer, the you know you need to do all of those other activities to make um, everything hang together. Well, Nick, thank you so much for sharing all your insight with us. Um, we appreciate it. That was Dr. Nicholas Lampkin, agroeconomist with the TuneIn Institute in Germany, and Knots is organising BioFarm 2023 in Adair 
this Tuesday, the 7th of November and Wednesday, the 8th of November. And no doubt that issues that we've just discussed are going to come up 